0: Welcome back guys. Mr. Weber, welcome back too. you're all over the world these days. You want to tell I am. Where you've been? I
1: am. Got to go see uh, Lisbon, Portugal for the first time. Incredible, incredible city. I've been uh, wanting to do that for a minute. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. It's, it Lisbon's taking off like crazy right now. It's, it's just blowing up. People are going there, you know, in droves. All the flights are very full uh, and I see why for good reason. But I was doing some reading when I was in Lisbon. On uh, my last layover, I was reading this really good book that I wanted to tell you guys about. Dusty, what's the last book? uh, You reading anything right now?
0: Man, I haven't really been reading too much. What book did you read? I'm curious.
1: Well, guys, today we have a huge treat for you because we have Samantha Allen coming on the pod with us, and she's the author of just this book that I am referencing, Patricia Wants to Cuddle. Now, you're probably thinking, Patricia Wants to Cuddle. What in the world does that mean? What's it mean? What's it mean, Pete? Well, let me tell you. It's a horror slash satire slash queer rom-com slash just all around great read having to do with the show that we all love to watch, The Bachelor. And it is extremely, extremely creative. If you're anyone that's in the pit or have any connection that you're going to love this, you're going to love this interview we have with Samantha. She's an absolute sweetheart. She knows her stuff. So let's pick her brain on Patricia Wants to Cuddle, shall we?
0: Let's do it. Samantha, welcome on the podcast. How are you?
2: I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. We are, we are
1: stoked to have you. So, Samantha, you are the author of the book, Patricia Wants to Cuddle, which is a horror, satire, queer rom-com taking digs at the show we all know and love, The Bachelor type book. A lot going on there. Very, very (laughs) interesting. Very creative. I guess, first off, tell us a little bit about the book. What inspired this Bachelor satire novel?
2: Yeah. So several years ago, I was binge-watching The Bachelor and binge-watching horror movies. These are my two favorite types of media to consume. And it sort of dawned on me that they have the exact same structure. They're both elimination-style contests in which people get dispatched one by one until there's only one person remaining, uh, whether that's, you know, getting brutally murdered or getting sent home in a car to an airport and driven around by producers for an hour while you cry, you know, that's, apples wait, and that's, oranges. That's
1: so true. Like the actual horror movie. Yeah. You have one by one, they're getting picked off and you're trying to guess who's going to make it. That's actually a funny correlation there. I, I never thought about
2: and I feel like we watch them for the same reason. We want to find out who's going to get to the end. And there's a weird sort of catharsis in watching the people that you want to get eliminated get eliminated. Obviously, I didn't want anyone on The Bachelor to die, right? But like, the structural similarities were impossible for me to ignore. And I thought, like, why hasn't anyone melded these yet? And the idea kind of percolated for a while. And then when I moved to Seattle, I was like... I, w- I want a Bachelor-style show to be filming here on one of these beautiful islands we have in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, and yeah.
1: San Juan wonder Island's out there? what would
2: happen. <laughs> yes, it's, the island in the book is based off of um, Orcas Island. I okay. rename it for plausible deniability. But, yeah, it's just gorgeous. And I was like, what if they ran into a mysterious woodland creature who may or may not be welcoming. So, yeah, the idea kind of sprung from there.
0: Did you base any characters off real-life characters from the show? Uh,
2: gosh, I would say I put some broad types in a blender for sure. I don't think there's a one-to-one correlation. There's a ton of Easter eggs in the book if you are a bachelor devotee like me. But no, I didn't want to make anyone just like a reskinned version of someone you'd already seen on the show. So... Yeah, certainly I I have some, yeah, some, some influencers in there who might resemble qualities of contestants you've come to love or loathe over the years, but yeah, no direct correspondence.
1: Putting you on the spot, are there any characters that are based on anything that either Dustin or I did on our time on the show? Oh, definitely
2: not me. Oh gosh. You never know. No, I don't think so. My, right, my, good. uh, my bachelor, my fictional version of the show is called The Catch, and The Catch himself is he's not a very attractive option. He doesn't really have a job. <laughs> His money has all run out. He's intentionally written as kind of a slime ball. And Peter, one of the things I loved about your season is you were a pilot. Like you had a like a capital C career that everyone <laughs> could point to. That was <laughs> This is true, that is yeah. Fine.
1: No, I um, I'm glad that you didn't compare me or or or, or um, have, you know, any inspiration for this catch from me, else I would have felt pretty bad about myself. So thank you. Real quick, also, I, I'm a huge horror movie buff. What's your favorite horror movie?
2: Oh gosh, I really am liking Ari Aster movies lately. Midsummer, Hereditary,
0: but Hereditary I love... was terrifying. Midsummer spooked me to my core too. After watching it, I just like at unease. I was like, "What is going on with me right now? I don't know how I feel." It was. What very was the one sh- that we just
1: saw me. with Ethan Hawke? The Black Phone. Oh, the
2: Black Phone. I've been the meaning Black to Phone. watch that. You I haven't seen it yet. To get into it. That was really no. Good.
1: That one's pretty good. you you uh you kind of remind me here talking about up in Seattle. I, th- I don't know why it's giving me like Stephen King Vibes. I feel like he has a lot of books or um, that are based out in Seattle. there's this one I can't think of the name of it. But it's this really scary ghost movie in this mansion that's based out in Seattle and I'm just picturing this like dark scenery like thunderstorm type weather going on for the whole season, giving me a lot of Stephen King
2: vibes. Yeah, we got these big tall trees out here, you know, a lot of very atmospheric.
0: Did yes, you ever sure. consider making a short film with this uh, book?
2: Oh, that may or may not be in the works. It's I'm in the works. I'm limited in what I can say, but there, there are certainly um, producers interested in bringing Patricia to the screen.
0: You need actors? <laughs> that Definitely. Would funny. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be awesome. I would do it 100%. I want to
1: go play. I want to go play the catch. All right. And I want you to uh, I want to go just embrace the role and see see how I do. That'd be fun.
2: We need some stunt casting would be great. Yeah. An ex bachelor lead as the catch. That would be (laughs) hilarious.
1: So this is kind of like you've seen Unreal, that show.
2: Yes. Unreal, definitely an inspiration. And I know on a recent episode, you said like that was like actually really realistic or like true to the experience.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think it was, uh, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I believe it was a producer or someone that was tied to the show that then created that. So there was a reason why it was was accurate, you know, with what they were, the info they were using. But to kind of segue into that with kind of like production. So you play off of production's role in the show a lot. We have an example here. This is a passage in the book that our producer flagged as one of the funniest moments in the book. I'm going to read this, okay? And then ask you a question. So, passage is this is it. Lila May nods, pushes open the car door, and with Mike's hurried footfalls nipping close at her heels, jogs out to Jeremy in his heather-gray t-shirt and distressed jeans. He looks handsome, but underdressed next to the besuited Dex, who regards her with the same practice disinterest he always has. I'm so excited, Lila May sque- squeals as she leaps into a hug with Jeremy locking her legs around his body, then remembering that she is supposed to be acrophobic, but also nervous. Don't be, says Jeremy, helping her to the ground. I'm thrilled I get to spend this day with you. Dex normally chimes in at this point to send them off on the date, usually by saying something cheesy and thematically appropriate like, okay, lovebirds, time to soar. But instead, Lila Mae hears some minor commotion among the huddled crew. She turns to her left to find Mike and Dex exchanging a word. Hey guys, sorry, Mike says. Remember that the lavalier mics have trouble picking up dialogue when you hug. So could we just do that again? Wait to talk this time until after you separated. Lila Mae scrolls back a few steps, then she does her jump and hug maneuver again, pulling away from Jeremy while keeping hold of his hands. Mike swivels around to the other side of the couple so that Dex will be standing between them in the background of his shot. I'm so excited, Lila May says, straining to remember her exact verbiage, but also nervous. Don't be, Jeremy. I'm thrilled I get to spend this day with you. Wow.
2: Right. I had to put a hooju in there. The hooju, you know, uh, Game of Roses terminology. Yeah.
0: Oh, so you're in the pit.
2: Oh, I am. I am a deep pit dweller. I'm all the way at the bottom. Have you? Oh have man, you read, uh, you're gonna have to do.
0: You're gonna have to get on their podcast as well.
2: <laughs> I would be honored to. Be have you read their book? To that how to win lip, the Bachelor. Layer of the pit. Absolutely. Yeah. I read it as Patricia was going through final edits. And yeah, I mean super revealing of how things operate. And of course the Huju, yeah, shout-out had to had oh, to go for in sure. there somewhere.
1: Oh, so God, so Hujoo. so reading that passage, the the reason I read that, I wanted to ask you, why did you include so much insider perspective on production and how I guess how did you come up with interactions like like, How did you know this kind of stuff occurred?
2: I mean, a lot of it is from reading like Amy Kaufman's book or watching Unreal or listening to podcasts where people who formerly appeared on the show talk about their experiences with production, but on an artistic level, Like, you know, my contestants in this book meet a uh, lady Bigfoot who uh, murders several of them. I don't think that's a spoiler if you look at the cover. And me including production and the sort of figurative violence that production inflicts on the contestants was meant to be a mirror of like the literal violence they experience. So, like, the way that people get figuratively torn apart on our like. TV screens by production or editing was meant to be sort of echoed by like the actual violence that they actual suffer physical in the fictional, violence yeah,
1: going on, like a little trade out like mental health and then actual like physically, yeah, being attacked. I see. I see what you did there. Interesting. Let's see here. Early in the book, Renee, a character, has a thought about the optics of the catch, which uh, you've said is your bachelor, and how it can be viewed in three dimensions. One, how Renee is experiencing it, two, how she expects the edit to go, and three, how her co-workers back home will think about it. And I think that's super interesting because that's that's like spot on. There are Definitely multiple kind of dimensions or experiences that are had if you are a contestant on the show with what you actually go through, what actually makes it onto the TV screen and how people perceive it back home. You were definitely on to something there.
2: Did you feel when you were filming, like you had all of those different things in your head at once, both of
0: you? Probably more so Pete than me.
1: I I definitely obviously was experiencing it in real time with like everything I was just going through in the moment. I also, to be honest, definitely made some decisions for, you You know, you have a a certain kind of level of pride, right? And this, you know, being your season, you're like, I want this to be entertaining. And so making possible decisions in that regard, kind of like going along with production on some stuff. So you definitely are kind of thinking how it's going to be perceived back home. The, The one thing that you'd never you just don't know until it comes out is though is the edit is the editing and that's there was definitely you know surprises you know f- for me things i expected but things i didn't so
2: i was going to say like you you strike me as a different person from the edit like just like having listened to this podcast for a while so like that's always oh, really? interesting to me to see like yeah how someone gets edited and then like how they actually are when you just get to hear them talk in their own forum or their own platform which must be a fascinating experience to go through. Definitely unique. How long have you been
0: watching The Bachelor Bachelorette?
2: Oh, I think I started with Andy Dorfman's season of The Bachelorette and went from there. I'm trying to think who my first bachelor would be. Maybe was it Chris Soules after Andy Dorfman? But I mean, what's interesting to me lately is the sh- show seems to be really, I don't know who would want to be a bachelor anymore, because the show <laughs> has been really pushing bachelors to like the brink. I'm I'm actually curious Peter if you think that's like something that started with you or whether you see that happening earlier, the sort of trend to like try to get the bachelor to the edge by the end.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I we talked about it a little bit uh, a couple episodes ago, but I I don't think it started with me. I think it started with Colton and then myself, Matt, and Clayton. And I would say the four of us probably have felt like we were pushed to the edge and didn't really feel the support we would have hoped for by signing on to do this and and, and take that chance. And I don't know why that is. I've, I've had talks with producers and, you know maybe kind of gone the ring around a little bit. But I, I don't know why that's the case. But it definitely seems like it's a common theme. I they said that they're trying to, to fix it. And, and they realize that the last couple haven't, you know, there's really no relationships there anymore. And uh, we'll see. But it's different with The Bachelorettes. And I don't know why.
2: Yeah, I'm I mystified. Do you you want people to still want to be on the show.
1: It, it's yeah, no, it's, it's true. We talked about that. It's like, it's kind of you know, it's, it's a turnoff almost seeing, you know, people, it's, it's a really, it becomes a really stressful environment. And then, you know, if you feel like you didn't have all the backup that you would have hoped for, it's like, people are seeing this, people are, you know, not dumb. And I don't feel like maybe it was that way. Maybe I'm wrong, but before, before Colton, maybe there was better relationships with the, with the previous, I'd have to do some research and look into it. But who knows? Anyways, you want to play a game? Sure. Let's do it. Let's play a game. The rules are simple, Samantha. You have to determine whether these are quotes about the catch or the bachelor. You'll hear a correct sound or a buzzer if it's wrong. Okay. So these are lines that either you wrote in <laughs> okay. your book or actually even said about the bachelor. You ready?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I was born for this.
1: All right. Let's do it. I have a feeling you're going to do, do very, very well, but let's have fun with it. Okay, first one. The show is like a black hole. You can shine light into it, but nothing comes out of it intact.
2: That's definitely the catch. Boom. <laughs>
1: we are off to a great start. Thank you for those sound edits, Emma. All right. You want to read Keep the next it one, Dusty? Are Keep you it on going, me Pete. Go? I'm a, I'm a right.
0: terrible reader uh, out loud, so go ahead, Pete.
1: Okay, next one. Honestly, if people want people to be there for the right reasons, they should go on Survivor. Those people actually want to sleep in the dirt and eat tiny fish. The issue with this franchise is that they give people screen time for things unrelated to the premise of the show. People know that they can go on and get more screen time for causing conflict in the house or faking feelings for the lead.
2: That is The Bachelor, but I kind of wish I had put that in the book. It's really vivid. Oh,
1: she is two for two, ladies and gentlemen. That's a line, isn't it? <laughs> Number three here. Does anyone even care who the lead picks? Legitimately, rich guys don't go on reality shows full of clout-chasing girls whose entire dream in life is to advertise clothes that are so cheaply made they would probably disintegrate in the rain.
2: That is the catch I have little forum posts between chapters that are kind of modeled after Reddit. And that's what one of my Redditors says in the book.
1: That's funny. All right. We are perfect so far. All right. We got a couple more here. Reality show contestants aren't unlike the two hefty empty bags of pretzels on a plane. Mostly air, empty calories, consumed rapidly, and forgotten just as fast. (laughs)
2: That is Renee and Patricia Wants to Cuddle.
1: Ding, ding, ding. Wow. Dusty, we are just two half-empty bags of pretzels. (laughs) Never (laughs) thought we'd get compared to that.
2: (laughs) It's from Renee's perspective. We are just Just, just
1: some empty calories, man.
2: And Renee is also in part thinking about this about herself, because she's a contestant on the show, and she's, she's thinking about how soon she'll get thrown away after the show comes out
1: listen it's and it's funny because like in the moment a lot of you know people you think oh this is always going to be like this or this kind of relevancy or all this you know and it it's 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 not i remember i did a podcast with jason tardick and he's like yeah, everyone comes off the show like oh i'm the next george clooney you know because you have all this <laughs> like immediate attention and it's just like all these things kept being thrown at you and you think it's never going to go away and well then the next season comes out and you turn into an empty bag of Air and half pretzels.
2: As a pilot, how do you feel about the the airplane uh, pretzel bag uh, hey, reference?
1: I I can appreciate it, and um, I definitely enjoy a nice bag of pretzels on an airplane. So appreciate that. All right, let's continue. I said this on the live thread, but I was so stoned last night that watching the show was like watching a parody. Ten out of ten would recommend. I find when I watch the show this way, it's more enjoyable than taking it so seriously.
2: That sounds like someone on actual Bachelor Reddit.
1: Bam. We are still perfect. Yeah, I guess I guess there's a lot of a lot of people kind of have these opinions of comparing the show to a parody or or just like you, the satire novel. This show just has a lot of it creates a lot of opinions with a lot of people, that's for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean you're taking everyday people and putting them in this high pressure environment. They're not getting very much sleep. They're like under intense emotional pressure. It's this fascinating cauldron of social forces. I'm sort of not surprised that it's spawned Unreal or books like mine or things like that.
1: Very true. No, there's a reason it's been on so many. Do you ever see this show going off the air? No. Yeah, I I don't either.
2: I think it'll move to streaming at some point, probably. But I don't think it'll, in my lifetime, go away. Wow. No,
1: it's too good of a recipe for a uh, different disaster. entertainment every season.
2: <laughs> a disaster. disaster.
1: <laughs> and empty bags of pretzels. Okay, last one. Let's see if we can finish strong, okay? Yeah. I swear to God, if he starts another show podcast, I'll lose it.
2: That is from my catch Reddit.
1: Boom. I hope you weren't talking about us on that, though.
0: I hope not. <laughs> well, you won the game, though. Man. I you did. You know,
1: I
2: guess
0: you know your biz
2: look at this, look at this round of applause. I wrote the book two years ago and I haven't like really reread it since it was finalized, but um, it came through.
0: Well, can we expect a sequel in the near future?
2: Oh gosh. I have more ideas of like combining reality shows with horror premises, but I'm not sure the way I leave things in Patricia Wants to Cuddle that there will be like a a way to continue it, that story in particular.
1: Yeah, it's very much like a Quentin Tarantino type ending. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the high body count in this. I mean, what what earlier when you asked me my favorite horror movies, generally like Jason movies are my favorite horror movies.
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre is mine. Oh, Love that it. is
2: so great. It has a beautiful closing shot. That shot of her on the truck, like riding away, covered in blood, laughing. Like man.
1: Like, I love your cinema. appreciation for horror movies because not that many people are as into them as I am. So
2: very, I was trying very cool. to find that intersection of, of Bachelor fans and horror movie fans. Hopefully it's a big one, but we'll see.
0: I think it's going to be a big hit, and I also think if you do make a a little movie to this, I think it'll be awesome, and I think people will love it. Quick question also, have you been watching this season of The Bachelorette? And if you have, who are your favorite frontrunners and why? I am not just saying this
2: because he's your friend. In fact, I found out that he was your friend after I formed this opinion. To me, like, this is the Nate show, you know? like
1: 100%. The
0: Nate show.
2: Yeah. There's a big gulf for me in terms of like who who I really like on the show between Nate and a lot of the other folks. Yeah, yeah I, I guess he's okay.
0: Nate. I don't know. He, I don't
2: know.
1: Dustin hates <laughs> giving him giving him the props, but he he deserves it, man. He deserves it. Do you think he would survive Otter Island?
2: Oh gosh! So I've been thinking about this. I think Nate would come back alive, and he would start like a Bigfoot conspiracy podcast. Oh, like with his tail from Otter's Island and you know, talking about his experience and interviewing people who study cryptids and things like that. I'm not sure how the other people would fare, though.
1: <laughs> for, the, for those who don't understand that Otter's Island in the book is where they're filming the final four. And also this, it's like this eerie place with the history of people going missing. So there you have it from the author, Nate would survive and start his own conspiracy podcast on Bigfoot's.
2: I think Patricia would be able to smell the sauce on meatball still and oh, and sniff him out.
1: Huge disadvantage there.
2: <laughs> that if Hayden doesn't like women who are rough around the edges, he really wouldn't like an eight foot tall uh, oh, lady God. Bigfoot in the woods. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True words. It's so
0: funny. Yeah. I love how you're referencing all this. We just did a recap not too long ago. And yeah, you're hitting everything. We should have had you on for the recap, actually
1: yeah i've been been
0: watching i didn't watch while i was writing
2: the book and then had to catch up because i didn't want to just be like planting things from the show into the book so Mm -hmm. i had to like go back and catch up on all the seasons so this is like the first one i'm really like watching as it airs again yeah
0: well samantha we'd love to have you on the podcast thank you so much could you tell our listeners where they could find you and the book?
2: Yeah, Patricia Wants to Cuddle. It's available in bookstores online. It's at your library. It's There's a great audio book that has a full cast with five narrators. And oh, you no can way. find me on, uh, it's really fun to listen to it that way. And you can find me on Twitter at sla rights or on Instagram at neebess.
1: Amazing guys! If you're in the pit, get this book. You're gonna love it. It's extremely <laughs> entertaining. Do yourself the favor and order it right now and and just enjoy following Patricia's journey.
0: And uh, let's also put this in the air. The pit guys, let's get Samantha on your show.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh, for sure.
2: <laughs>
0: Please, sending
2: smoke signals your way. <laughs>
1: For sure. Well, we're excited to see uh, what the future holds for you, uh, whether that's, you know, a sequel, movie, show, something. But it sounds like you've struck gold with this. And congratulations on your success.
2: Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be here.
1: Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber.
0: And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music.
1: Our producer is Emma Martins and our executive producer is Red Yokum. Our audio engineer is Enrique Inojosa. Subscribe and like or review wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Follow the show on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcast.
1: Got questions for us about the show, life, or really whatever? DM at Bachelors in the City Podcast on Instagram for a chance to be a featured third
0: roommate. We'll catch you next time.